The topics that will be discussed in this episode should not be considered medical advice. Hindi po kapalit ng payong medikal ang mga paksang pag-uusapan sa kabanata na ito. Thoughts, heights, fight, lights, like a lightning strike. Left from the doubt will turn my spine on your mic. Thundercrats gives you a fright, your plight's sealed all night. Light the candle. The pit of power is more than you can handle. No video game enemies to strangle. You see, if you unplug this society, there would be many people staring at an empty screen. Saying, what does it all mean? Get out and ask people living in the scene. But now if you don't know, you Google it. Living on Facebook, what's love got to do with it? Dreaming of being the next YouTube phenomena. What is wrong with you? I better suck on a thermometer. You got a fever, there's nothing that is stopping you. Except for the spyware shutting down your monitor. Welcome again and thank you for joining the second episode of the Movement Revolution podcast. Before I start, I want to thank all of you who supported the first episode. It got so many shares and it was very overwhelming in a heartwarming way. In addition, it was encouraging because I realized there were some very interesting coaches, physicians, osteos, and physical therapists who are willing to be interviewed for future episodes. Nais ko po uling sabihin, maraming salamat po sa suporta ninyo. For the second episode, I decided to focus on what is one of my favorite topics in rehabilitation, tendinopathies. I won't give a long recap of why I became interested in this topic. There are quite a lot of research that has been done on tendinopathies. In addition, it can be commonly encountered with patients. Lateral epicondylitis, or tennis elbow, bicipital tendinitis, Achilles tendinopathy, and for this episode, patellar tendinopathy. Recently, there has been the practice of referring to diagnoses such as tendinitis into tendinopathy. Because tendinitis implies an inflammation, and as a result, rest would be easily recommended. It opens the door for why tendinopathy is currently the more preferred term, because it suggests something different. That it's okay not to completely rest it. All these studies have become really fascinating to me so much that I would consider myself a tendinopathy geek. As long as a study or topic is about tendons, you can definitely talk or chat to me about it. I was hoping to add a segment on tendinopathies for the next movement revolution workshop but we're still in quarantine so the next best thing is to start discussing it here on the podcast what it would add to a workshop is a review of the modes of contraction eccentric isometric and concentric contractions these modes of contractions will be discussed because a lot of tendinopathy research have studied eccentric especially for the achilles tendon concentric Combination of eccentric and concentric, and for this episode, isometric contractions. However, I won't be focusing much on the statistical calculations because I think there are more qualified people for that. I hope that's okay with you, so now let's start the topic. I do have two objectives. The first is of course to learn more about the study, 
and secondly is to find out if this can be applied in the Philippine setting. I want to remind you that the learning part will require me to discuss technical details of the studies, so please hang on during those segments so that I can hopefully successfully pass on some useful information for your practice. The title of the study is Isometric Exercise and Pain in Patellar Tendinopathy, a Randomized Crossover Trial by Holden and colleagues. This appeared in the Journal of Science and Medicine and Sport on the year 2018. Why did I choose this? It is one of the most recent studies that tried to prove or test the importance of including isometric contractions in tendinopathy rehabilitation. Previously, Ebony Rio and her colleagues were able to publish what I would call a landmark study in 2015 about improved pain ratings after 45 minutes of administering isometric exercises to volleyball players. I would like to focus on the methods of this Rio study because the Holden and colleague study implicitly said that they will follow the previously published protocol of the Rio study. It was entitled Isometric Exercise Induces Analgesia and Reduces Inhibition in Patellar Tendinopathy. Let's go straight to the methods or protocol of this study by Rio from 2015. Again, please try to keep the methods in the back of your head because it will pop up again once we discuss the Holden study. It was a randomized crossover trial. What does it mean? They used two interventions, isometric and dynamic exercises. One study was done in the first week, and then the next one was done after seven days. Since they were able to randomize the intervention by asking the patient to draw on opaque sealed envelopes with no external markings. For the isometric exercises, a Biodex Pro that was dosed at 70% maximal voluntary isometric contraction or MVIC for 5 sets times 45 seconds at 60 degrees with 2 minutes for recovery. The MVIC would be assessed by the Biodex Pro. The other group focused on isotonic, which they described as heavy, slow, concentric, and eccentric resistance training. The other group used a leg extension machine dosed by four sets of eight repetitions, also with two minutes of recovery per set. The load was based on 8RM of the subjects. For those who are unfamiliar with the 8RM, it means the maximum weight a person can carry for eight repetitions only. The repetitions were done by sequence 4 seconds eccentric, followed by 3 seconds concentric, at 8 repetition maximum. Now, just to try to make it clear, they were using a leg extension machine. So, so 4 seconds eccentric means that they're going to bring down the lever for 4 seconds. And then, going up by 3 seconds, they're going to lift the lever up for 3 seconds. The results were that, from 7 out of 10 numerical pain scale, the subjects who did the isometric contractions had a drastic decrease to less than 1 out of 10. After that, you could suppose that there must have been a lot of healthcare providers that were very intrigued by these results. There may be one sticking point with that study, though. That is the number of participants. 6 volleyball players. Even other physical therapists must have been interested 
if isometrics could actually help improve their patient's pain, especially if you consider that drastic decrease from around 7 that is like moderate to severe going down to 1 out of 10 pain that is minimal. This is where Holden and her colleagues come in with their study. They were probably one of those healthcare providers that wanted to know if the Rio study could be replicated. They state that their primary aim was to compare the acute effects of isometric versus dynamic exercise during a pain-provoking activity in participants with patellar tendinopathy. Their primary hypothesis is that isometric exercise will induce greater pain reduction during a pain-aggravating activity in comparison to dynamic exercises. We will mainly discuss the primary aim and hypothesis, and I'll leave it up to you to check the secondary and tertiary aims if you want to read the study further. There was minimal to no difference at all with their methods because in the study they state both the isometric and dynamic exercise protocols were based off previously published protocol by Rio and colleagues. There were three inclusions stated in the study. First was the age range, 18 to 40 years old, required to have patellar tendinopathy. Second, the diagnosis. A physio supervised by a rheumatologist based a diagnosis on the Rio and colleagues study. Confirmation of the patellar tendinopathy diagnosis was done via BK flex ultrasound with the knee flex approximately 60 degrees. Finally, Participants were required to have a minimum pain of 3 out of 10 on the numerical rating scale. Participants were excluded if they had any concurrent knee pathologies or previous knee surgery, or had corticosteroid injection within the previous 6 months. In order to randomize the flow of treatments during the study, participants had to randomly pick from an opaque envelope this was to determine if they had to do isometric exercises or isotonic first and then rest for 7 days in order to complete the other mode of exercise afterwards. In order to check, they asked the participants to perform a single leg decline squat with the decline board used to get approximately 25 degrees of plantar flexion of the ankle joint. The pain scale ratings 0 to 10 were asked after the single leg decline squat, pre-exercise, immediately post-exercise, and 45 minutes post-exercise. Now please allow me to share a few more interesting points regarding the Holden and colleague study. One is severity of patient's patellar tendon pain was expressed with the Visa P scale. This is the Victorian Institute of Sport Assessment for patella. This is a well-done scale that is graded up to 100, so it might be worth it to have a look at this. That's why I wanted to mention it. Another one is they even control the language given by the physio guiding the exercises. Participants received standardized and neutral voice encouragement and feedback, so they were only allowed to say, push more, push less, great, come on. It was limited to those. Now, there are, I think, two significant differences. These would be the study size sample and the type of sport the participants participated in. For the Rio et al. study, they were only volleyball players, 
and for the Holden study, let me read it for you. All participants were actively engaged in at least one sport slash activity, with a large proportion conducting strength training, including CrossFit, 12 other sports. And other sports included handball, 3, gymnastics, 3, volleyball, 1, athletics, 1, triathlon, 1, and running, 1. Now for the results. How did you think it went for the study of Holden and her colleagues? I want to quickly remind you of the Rio study and focus on a big decrease from approximately 7 to approximately 1, almost a decrease of around 6 in pain. Would the isometric group of the Holden study get the same results and prove superior to the isotonic or dynamic exercise group? Let's look at the table. The mean difference for the pain scale from baseline to 45 minutes post-exercise for the isometric group was on the average of 5 and went down to 4.8. On the other hand, the isotonic baseline, which was 4.3, went down to 3.6, 45 minutes post-exercise. Isometric exercises in the Holden study did not prove to have the same huge difference in the decrease in pain versus the isotonic group. In addition, there was no significant difference from baseline and immediately post-exercise. Therefore, the superiority of isometric exercise for patellar tendinopathy, shown by the Rio et al. study, was not replicated by the study of Holden and colleagues. Thank you for staying with me through all the details of the study. Now, since this is Movement Revolution, I would like to encourage you to have a quick movement break or snack before we go to the final part, which is a discussion. I would also like to take this opportunity to ask you how your home exercises have been. Because for our next episode, we have a unique guest who is a physio and also a strength and conditioning coach. I am sure you'll get more ideas from him as we discuss the role of strength and conditioning in rehabilitation. Okay, hopefully you were able to do a quick movement snack. Let's go back to the final discussion. Here we are at our discussion part. Please allow me to read some of the practical applications from Holden and colleagues' study. Unfortunately, I won't be able to provide you with the journal copy. However, there are ways to get them. For me, the easiest way is if you are on Twitter like myself, you can ask the main author for a copy of the study. Another way is if you email the main author for the study. So just get in touch with me at ollie at opadvancement.com. I will be glad to send you the email of the principal author so that you can ask for a copy. These authors are usually very easy to request from, so it's worth a try to send them an email. Okay, let's go back to reading these practical and worthwhile recommendations by the authors. So the first one is, in the current study, small and varying decreases in pain were observed following isometric and dynamic exercises, which was not sustained for 45 minutes. Another is, when discussing acute pain management options, 
Patients should not be told to expect complete pain reduction from resistance exercises. And the last I want to read for you is, due to lack of superiority of acute isometric or dynamic exercise, patient preferences can be used to guide exercise selection for acute pain management. Really good recommendations from the authors. Another interesting fact is this. It should be noted that this study included adult participants with chronic tendinopathy of a relatively long symptom duration. It is unclear if participants with acute tendinopathy or adolescents with other patellar tendon-related pain conditions, example Osgood-Schlatter, may produce different results. Okay, those are the final points from the paper that I will share with you. Let's move on and wrap this episode up by returning to the objectives that I started the episode with. The question is, would you as a healthcare provider stop including isometrics in a tendinopathy rehabilitation program? My answer, considering all the recent studies that we just discussed, is that it depends. I'm not trying to judge or demerit any study. What I'm trying to impart is that even if you can't produce the perfect statistical result, it does not demerit the value of loaded isometrics. Let's limit the conversation to two types of patellar tendinopathy patients. One who has no increased pain with isometrics and one whose pain has increased. If isometrics increase pain and discomfort and the patient or client is clearly finding difficulty in performing isometrics, the recent study by Holden and colleagues would help guide my program. It would be to shelf using loaded isometrics for patients who have difficulty performing said isometric exercise. Not totally closing the door, but maybe revisiting it for another stage of their rehabilitation. However, if a patient has minimal pain and discomfort, I would still include it in a tendinopathy rehabilitation program because isometrics can still be used as an early-stage loading program. In addition, a previous study by Pearson and colleagues have shown that long and short-duration loaded isometrics can still have modest effects in the reduction of the pain in patellar tendinopathy patients. Therefore, loaded isometrics still have value for its possible immediate analgesic effect in patellar tendinopathy patients. Next question, will the exercise concepts discussed by both studies be applicable in the Philippine setting? In my opinion, I think it will be applicable, especially if you work at a facility that has both an isokinetic machine and leg extension. However, that of course will be a challenge because in approximately 15 to 20 rehab clinics I have visited in Metro Manila, there is only one in my knowledge it has something similar to a Biodex Pro or an isokinetic machine. But then, taking the results of the Holden study, there should not be any pressure for Filipino rehab practitioners. We do not have to rack our brains or sell our house trying to make the money to buy a Biodex Pro. As shown by the Holden study, we can offer a dynamic exercise option if this is what our patient prefers. As long as you have access to a leg extension machine, what we have to do is make sure that we are able to determine the 8RM 
based on the NSCA guidelines. To give you an idea on how to safely get the 8RM, I'll just breeze through the 1RM testing protocol because they have this on the Essentials of Strength and Conditioning book by the NSCA. One, warm up with light resistance and then rest for one minute. Two, warm up load for three to five repetitions and then rest for two minutes. Three, estimate near maximal load with two to four minutes rest. Over here, you just have to add less than 30 pounds. Fourth, load increase to get the one repetition maximum. The additional load should be less than 30 to 40 pounds because that increase is only for one RM lower body testing, and we are aiming for 8 RM. It would depend on the patient's performance if you will add or decrease weight for the next set. Finally, the 8 RM should be ideally obtained at the third to fifth testing set. Okay, moving on. In my humble opinion, loading the tendon will help the patient more rather than focusing on other modalities that might be available. As a footnote, it would be worth exploring ideas for modified isometric exercises, but it should be discussed via video or through a workshop. Now, if your facility requires you to give a modality, my suggestion is start with that and then make sure to load the tendon afterwards, as well as educating your client about tendinopathies. If you have freedom for interventions, well, now you know. Just load it. I will end this episode there. Hopefully you were able to pick up something from it. If you have any questions or comments, I am open for healthy discussion. Just email me at ollie at opadvancement.com. For the next episode, I briefly mentioned that we are having a guest. It will be no other than physio and SNC coach L.A. Rasho of the Sen Beda College basketball team perennial contenders in the NCAA basketball tournament. Please join me for that. Again, our opening and ending song is WWW by Haynes Rhymes. Check him out in IG, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. These are just thoughts going through my head. A moment of reflection that you soon forget. Imagine a world without the internet, where you can't download your intellect. These are just thoughts going through my head. A moment of reflection that you soon forget. Imagine a world without the internet, where you can't download your intellect. Hashtag trending, Snapchat, Insta, Periscope, Esports, BuzzFeed, Tinder. So many ways to meet people online. No one ever has one talk at a time. Messenger, WhatsApp, groups pinging everywhere. Better make it happen now. Wait a minute, no one cares. People press like, they think it means something. Everybody's real like should mean something. Now, if you don't know, Wikipedia, who remembers encyclopedias? If you need a holiday, Expedia, Skyscanner, Airbnb, much media. Does shopping online make us greedier? But it's even to the needy now easier. I can't even hold it together. WWW, we write whatever. New tech updates, we can phone updates. Can't relate. Why wait? Search for new mates. Nothing is private, it's all in the cloud. Is this a maven? It's even allowed. You used to shout from the hills to be proud, but good signal will sort you out now. Virtual reality is high definition. The secret to the things in your life you're missing. Blog your way into the big time achievements only exist if they're online. Apparently, people used to use landlines, agree to a mutual place and time. But what happened if they changed their mind? How about sat nav? How did they find it? Midnight stuck attack, cover copy cabbage patch, technophobic, there's probably a nap for that. These are just thoughts going through my head. A moment of reflection that you soon forget. Imagine a world with 
about the internet, where you can't download your intellect. These are just thoughts going through my head. A moment of reflection that you soon forget. Imagine a world without the internet, where you can't download your intellect.